I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome to the Let Him Cook Podcast fueled by Cody Rhodes from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Obviously, uh, couldn't make it to the studio today. We're from home, but... Still want to shout out the sponsors. Another great win for Iowa State basketball. Um, finally getting into a week where we're going to see a bit higher competition. But first, some sad news. Hassan Ward's injury came out yesterday. Left foot injury um, out for the rest of the non-conference schedule. They it, they made it sound like he'll still be playing this season. I, I would guess they would have come out and said season-ending injury if they think it's going to be that bad. So the silver lining is he's coming back. But just what do you think that does? We kind of saw it in action yesterday, but what does that do to the rotation uh, without Ward in the lineup? Yeah, I think it it asks more out of obviously Jones, which I already think he's playing at a pretty high level um, coming off the bench. But even yesterday as he started, he did pretty well, uh, just picking his spots, knowing when to score on his own and knowing when to to kick it out to other guys. But I think it's just going to ask more of front court members potentially there may be a situation where just due to foul trouble, you know, Milan could be at the asked to run the five for a bit and we could just be full on five out. And then obviously, you know, Omaha showing a lot of better spurts in a game like yesterday. Um, He's probably going to be asked to step up even more, which I think is going to be a huge opportunity for him that he can capitalize on. So I think there's a lot of positives to look at of Ward being out for this long, but I mean, you can almost look at it as like, when Trey King was out until he was right. until he got I, did he come back for Baylor? Is that the game he came? He might have been back for one non-conference game and then he went to the Big Twelve slate, but it was right around. I mean, he right. was right yeah. around the start of conference play. Nonetheless, this team is used. This coaching staff, at least, and a lot of the returner players, they're used to this situation. Right, they've been through it before. So I think it's just a matter of asking other people to step up in the meantime. And um, I think that relies the heaviest on Rob Jones and Omaha Blue. Nigel, I was going to get into this once we started talking about the game, but I was just thinking Jones has been so good off the bench uh, so far, and he started a lot last year. And I think at times, I, really his energy is, is truly what his, like, that—that that is what he brings to the table. Right. And what do we feel about Omaha starting at the five, and then you still bring Rob Jones off the bench, at least while Hassan Ward is out? Do you think that's a good idea, or do you think keep it how it is? I don't. I don't like Omaha at the five. I think at the end of the day, he's still a three-four guy. Right. Um, 
But I just think for minutes wise, that's naturally going to have to increase. And he's going to probably have to play a lot more for defensively. So I think, I, I don't know. I, I think given the fact that he's a little foul uh, frenzy yeah. already early in his career, I don't think it's smart to put him at the five and have him uh, go down in the post and bang with other dudes. Pause. Pause. But, um, <laughs> but nonetheless, I think, you know, to, to, to see him uh, obviously get that minute increase, but just more, more so at the four, if you're going to put him in that, that front court, uh, for sure. So I don't think that's the best idea, but um, I never know with TJ. Sometimes he's kind of a wild card with right. some of his rotations, but I, that's just my two cents. Uh, so yesterday's game on Sunday, noon game, always kind of a weird game. I remember going to those as a student and it just, it was usually after a football game because it's in November right? and the vibes are just kind of weird. It's like a matinee. Like I'm used to going to Hilton at six o'clock, eight o'clock at night. So just weird vibes. I, I thought this one was going to be closer than what it ended up being. Grambling picked to finish second in their conference and a familiar face on this Grambling team, Terrence Lewis. Uh, when you were a manager, was T. Lou on the team or had he already transferred? He was not, but T. Lou okay. was that guy that like a bunch of guys had a lot of funny stories of. Yeah. Um, and they just they said that, you know, just wasn't the right fit for him program wise. Right. But um, Duke could hoop. You know, so uh, he was he was definitely one of the there's always I feel like every year there's those guys that maybe don't pan out at Iowa State. But, you know, the team, because you see them on a day to day basis, you you get a lot of those like funny stories. You, you get to kind of know those kids more as a as a person like Blake Hinson was a, a good example of that. Like when yeah. I was manager, he didn't play all year, but he was there. So you really got to learn like Blake Hinson's hilarious. If you go see his account now, you know, the stuff he does with Pitt, he goes to football games and like interviews people on the field and stuff in uh, like throughout his NIL. So he's, he's a good kid too. Um, but I think that's, that's a good example of like that type of uh, relationship where we don't get to see those people actually put on the Cardinal and gold, but they were in the locker room every day for a season. Uh, Terrence Lewis looked like he'd been in the gym too. The, uh, yeah. like really the thing that stood out to me was he was so thin when he was at Iowa state, he was right. slim. I mean, he was a freshman, uh, but now he's 23, I would guess. Looked yeah. like dude's been in the gym. So ha- had a tough game, uh, yeah. six yeah. points and fouled out. But good to see Terrence Lewis. I was shocked he was still playing college basketball. That COVID rule, man, it feels like guys have been playing college basketball for a decade. So yeah. shout out to T. Lou. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, I'm the. It's funny you say that. I feel like that's uh, an you can apply that that feeling to a lot of teams this year. Yeah, and it hits harder this year with Kansas. Because yeah. uh, I, as I watch them, like, I feel like D- uh, Deshaun Harris has been, you yeah. know, in, in – I feel like he's been like a Perry Ellis almost. I feel like he's been there forever. I feel like because we got to see uh, Kevin McCuller in Texas Tech and then in Kansas right. too, it's like, dude, how long are you going to be here? You know, It felt like he was at Texas Tech for four years and he's been at Kansas for at least three. So yeah. I, I don't – I can't math right now, but that – Especially when a guy transfers in conference, it's like, yeah. we just like, we saw you hit the transfer pull, and I was like, great, we'll never have to play that guy again. And then he just goes to Kansas. That's, yeah. that's real. And then, you know, with Dickinson, like, you're not, you're not playing him in a Big 12 schedule, but it's like he's been in college basketball forever at this yeah. point. And, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's just, he, he's just making them better at the end of the day. So yeah. that's definitely a, a, it's a Perry Ellis team, uh, to say the least, uh, up in uh, Lawrence. Uh, Taman Lipsy, again, this is the second game he's been the leading scorer against Grambling. 
um, finished with 17 points. He also led Iowa State in scoring at halftime, so he did it in both halves. Um, and then two for four from three-point land. And that is exactly where I want that to be. I don't want him taking seven shots from three in a game. But if you can shoot three to four and hit two of them, that is exactly, I think, what you and I – I mean, that was the dream, right? Like, that yeah. wasn't even – like, that's what we hoped. That's, I thought that might be too lofty of expectations coming into the season, but he's delivered on that so far. Yeah, it seems to be those corner corner threes. Yeah. He's a lot. He's a lot more confident taking, which you should be. It's the closest three point uh, shot on the on the court. And then the one that always seems to be a lot uh, open, a lot given uh, his position is that you know high ball screen at the top of the key. A lot of guys go under it uh, right. just because probably watched a lot of last year's film. And I think he's really got to take advantage of that because I think he's been so good off the drive this year. Yeah. That the second people start to bite on that shot, it's it's a wrap. You're you blink and he's he's already at the rim. He, he's getting to the rim at such a quick rate, and then he's also so strong. He's just bouncing off dudes, you know, who are trying to contest at the rim. So I think he's he's going to be a lot more threatening offensively going forward, given the fact that he's just shooting so well from three already. And going off that, our pick and roll offense is probably the best. It's maybe been since Monte Morris. I mean, yeah. having Taman Lipsy running it. We have lob threats at the five, and then we have shooters all across the perimeter. I mean, it's really a pick your poison. And if Lipsy makes the right decision, we're going to get a bucket off a of pick and roll more often than not. So just yeah. kind of loaded. And it's tough to defend. It's That's why the pick and roll has been run since the dawn of basketball. And I think yeah. this is going to be a team that runs it really well. Well, and two, like, I love how, you know, I think the, the addition of Curtis has given us such leeway to like it get it puts the defense in a predicament of like they don't know who to really fully help on because right. you you don't want to you want to stop Gilbert and Lipsy from getting to the rim but you also don't want to you know try to run uh Jones off the line all the time you know because it's one one quick bite on him and he's either going to shoot it like he did I I know he had a few quick pump fakes and then just got the ball mm-hmm. off quick and hit threes um but he can also just kick out to a cutting Lipsy who despite as good as he is off the dribble, Taman is a phenomenal slasher. I think he, yeah. he's one of those point guards that can get to the rim with ease off the ball. So I think, you know, you you, we, you can attack a lot of teams from a lot of different aspects, and a lot of it is just off of, like, reading and reacting. And Lipsy really good at finishing around the rim and creative because he is a smaller guard, and he has right. those layup packages where it's high off the backboard. Dewan Harris is really good at that, too, where – they just get it the right angle. It's almost like a scoop layup and mm-hmm. they lay it off the rim. And he's been really good at that so far. The score at halftime, Nigel, I saw your tweet, looked like a football score. Looked like a football final score. It was yeah, like, that's a bad football loss yeah. at halftime. Yeah. So that, I, I was appalled. <laughs> yeah, 48 to 14 is pretty astounding. Uh, Grambling had 12 turnovers in the first half and 14 points. So a tough 20 minutes of basketball for the Tigers um really just like the defense did not let up that whole first half they were mm-hmm. just 24 7 around the clock hounding defense pressure um ken palm iowa state's ken palm right now is nasty uh first in steel percentage they're first in a bunch of stuff and there is 300 i want to say 58 364 uh d1 teams so to be first in anything is rare we're first in steel percentage uh opponent two point percentage um turnover percentage and second and adjusted efficiency in defense so just gaudy defensive numbers um early in the season right. played some bad offenses but man this defense is as good as it comes 
for a second before we get off to the next subject if you could explain to our audience you know the significance of kempom and uh why why it's it it seems to be your number one source if you were writing a paper i feel like a lot of your sources would be from kempom so so tell the audience the importance of it and what it brings to you as as a basketball fan what what i guess what other aspect of information does it provide for the 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 sicko of, of the basketball world so college basketball there is so much of it i love college basketball but there is probably 30 games today and there's just no unless you don't have a job and your job is to watch college basketball there's just no way you can fit that much in so ken palm does a really good job of you know maybe i'll only see louisville play two full games this whole season i can go to their ken palm and figure out okay what's this team good at what aren't they good at what are their weaknesses what do they bring to the table and it's it's more than just a box score i mean it's advanced metrics it's their defense it's their offense it's how much they turn the ball over how much they force turnovers offensive rebounding defense i mean it's the gambit so it really just melts all this information into one digestible page where you can kind of figure your team out without watching a whole bunch of film on them still recommend watching as much basketball as you can but it's just a nice cheat sheet to have and really shows how good or bad your program is doing um, at a quick glance. So I love Ken Palm. Shout out Ken Pomeroy. I don't know. I, I'm definitely not a numbers guy. I avoid math classes at, at an elite level in college. But um, thank you for the building this formula because it is – seriously, I go to Ken Palm probably five times a week. So <laughs> I'm a, a regular on that website. Well, shout out to Ken Palm. If you're watching this, uh, we take a big fan. You know, that'd be sick. Big fan, Ken Palm. Um, (laughs) Omaha, like we said, big game. I think finally looking comfortable. Yeah. Had more minutes than he's had, but really did a good job finishing around the rim. Momchilovic found him on some some cuts. Lipsy found him. So also shout out to guys just getting him the ball and letting him work, but did a really good job. Six for seven from the field, 14 points. What what was the difference here that you saw in Omaha's game that you didn't see in the first three? Um, I think he said it best, and I saw his post game interview. He said just keeping it simple, and I think you know, like we talked about earlier, just you know, a lot of other baggage being not first five star recruit. You're from Iowa, a lot of pressure on you. Just those easy games where you feel like you can go out and score twenty. You need to go score twenty, you know, yeah. and I think that was kind of affecting him. And I think you know with with Omaha is coming into a unique situation where he's not coming into the Kentuckys and the Dukes and the Kansases um, and those other blue blood programs where they're going to adapt their system to you and what you can bring to the table. It, Omaha is a five-star recruit that is going into a system nonetheless, you know, and he's got to be able to see and ask himself, how can I be the most successful in this system? And there's got to be spots on the floor where he knows I can score here and score efficiently. That dunker spot is going to be his best friend this year. And I know it's not the most popular place to be on the floor. I know a lot of people think it's boring. It's not, you know, um, useful, but it's very, it's very useful given the fact that we have such good drivers who are willing to draw in a lot of guys and then quick dishes, whether it's a bounce pass or up top lobs, um, it's easy basketball at the end of the day. And he, he doesn't realize, I think, you know, once he gets real good at it, that's an easy 10 to 12 points just under the basket. And given yeah. his athletic ability, you know, then he can start to come out to the perimeter, start to cook out there. And 
you're looking at potentially, you know, 15 point per game score, you know, if, if given those open shots on the perimeter. But um, I think just knowing that what that, that part of the court, the significance it holds in his role and what he can do in, in that role, if he's aggressive, especially with Ward out, he's going to have the opportunities and he's going to be asked to actually produce more on offense now. So I just like to see that his feet are finally getting wet. I, I loved the move he did in transition, the Euro step. Yeah, like reverse yeah, very, very nice. He just seems like he's getting back to his old self. And and I think that's what everyone was waiting for initially. And um, I'm glad he's just kind of getting over that hump now. Yeah, look good in transition. I think the baseline, like you said, that is kind of where he's going to set up shop. And he is really good. A lot of the, um, like any NBA draft predictions, you'll see he'll be called like a raw athlete, a bit of a project. His footwork is not raw. He has good up fakes. He has good pivots. I mean, he's very sound on footwork on the block. Um, I think when they're talking about raw, it's more on the perimeter, which he'll probably, I would guess he'll play a three, maybe a stretch four at the NBA. Yeah. Um, but here, I mean, he really can't, his athleticism is just so high in college basketball. Um, in the NBA, a lot of guys are like that, but not not in college, especially not at Grambling or Green Bay or, I mean, the teams we've been playing so far. So. Yeah, he, I, I must yeah. say, Grambling's size was like alarming. It was like they looked like a really good JUCO. Yeah, like you're gonna get a lot of just really good undersized kids, and they just like were out of place the whole game. But I was like, dude, the biggest guy is like six five. And that whole conference, I not I'm guessing you don't watch a lot of swag basketball, but that whole conference, it's I a lot it. of like the like their tallest guy is gonna be six seven, and they play right. it's like low scoring games. It's kind of dogfight yeah. basketball usually end up being a 16 seed whoever makes it out of that conference but yeah that's kind of how they all play yeah and uh i mean you, you talk about swack i mean they despite them lacking size i mean they're good at the end of the day yeah. they just uh jackson state just beat missouri uh yeah. yesterday um sorry caleb grill yeah but um you know it, it it's just that despite the size i mean they got a lot of heart i guess but and this grambling I, team they beat colorado last year and i want to Maybe yeah. beat Vanderbilt too. I know they had two power six wins. So I mean they they've had success, but they just not not yesterday. And I think true to that, our size really just give them I mean, they just could not pass around us. They couldn't drive on us. They couldn't shoot. Uh and when you can't score, it's it's hard to win basketball games. So as right. as Iowa State fans, no, I should I should add. But um <laughs> Curtis Jones, another player I want to shout out, three from six from beyond the arc. He's been labeled streaky. Um, looked like a good streak yesterday. Got some range too. I mean, he's he's yeah. had a couple threes so far where he's pulling up three, four feet behind the arc. Um, again, I'm just thinking like the more we drive the ball and kick it out, when you have Curtis Jones, if he's on and Momchilovich at the perimeter, I truly don't know what you do. Both those guys can drive too if you close out too fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, Curtis has been great. Um, I I don't like the term streaky shooter. I think it kills. I think as the media. We can right. kill a shooter's confidence yeah. um, if we continue to call someone streaky. I think it's just a matter of you know mechanics. If you're not if you if you're not even if you're in a slump, it's usually your mechanics are off. Something is wrong. The elbow isn't tucked. The feet aren't set. You know the release point isn't high. Something like that. I, I feel like the nights where Jones goes off, you know, fifty percent behind the arc. I mean, I think that's the the sheer. Uh, sign of what his potential is you know and i think you know you just keep putting the work in keep getting those shots up and you know the it's adamant to be 
in Hilton shooting as much as possible because that dark background and the depth perception is similar in almost every actual arena and it's 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 just not the same shooting background you get in um Sioux cup the practice facility right. you know so i think it's a matter of just you know getting those reps and i, I think curtis is is if he continues to shoot the ball confident we may be looking at a, a light-skinned matt thomas you know yeah and uh that, that's exciting for this team and i think i'm glad you brought up matt thomas i think Hoyball gave all iowa state fans kind of this jaded um view of three-point shooters because you had Matt Thomas, you had Naz Zong, you had Monte Morris, you had George Niang, you had shooters all over the court all the time, early on, Tyrus McGee, Chris Babb, so on and so forth. And the other fallacy that comes along with this, so a good three-point shooter is like 40% from right. three. I mean, that's a really good three-point shooter. That means he's going to miss six of his 10 shots. Yeah. So I think like even a good three-point shooter, there's a better chance that he's going to miss it than he's going to make it. So I think it's a little right. unfair. A guy goes you know, one for four, oh from three in a, in a few games. I, I don't think that makes him a bad shooter. It's just like mathematically, you're not going to make, you know, 100% of your threes that you take. It's just yeah. impossible. Now, the thing is, I mean, I think if you showed that you can hit half your shots in a game, yeah, there very much could be a game this year. And probably it's better that it's probably for a game that we need him in, but where he could go perfect from three. We've seen it happen. Right. You know, it's, it's not unrealistic, but, you know, we can't bank on that at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, Curtis is – I think he's going to do a lot of good things for us uh, shooting-wise. I think you can run a lot of good sets for him too. Um, just a lot of, like, elevator screens, uh, floppy action, you know, it's, things of that nature. But, um, yeah, no, I think he's he's done great for us. And who was, who was the other t- uh, player you brought up too? Milan? Yeah, Manchilovic. I wanted to talk about him because I love what he's doing as of right now. I think he's like TJ said, he's a complete basketball player. Yeah. And um, I don't think there's a, a better word to describe him at the moment, but I, I just hope that as teams start to hone in on him because he's probably scouting wise uh, going forward, that he's able to handle that actual physicality of like some grown men right. tossing you around. I mean, is that 19 year old going to be able to, handle that mentally and not try to you know egg on the shoving match but you know continue to play his game you know uh, i think if he can if he can master that at 19 he's he's going to be a dangerous player and i could already see it he, he in his confidence he, he's walking around like he's been there before and I, th- I think that's good to see out of a freshman and he's unselfish too i mean he's had a great start to the season and I, like you would think that might inflate his ego he's going to start taking bad shots because he's He's had a really good start. I haven't really seen that. He's been good at passing the rock. He shoots it when he needs to. I mean, he's not he's not scared to shoot right now, but it's good to me that he's not playing hero ball. Like yeah. he, He's not out trying to get 30. I mean, he's just taking what the defense gives him, and he's making good decisions. So I think it's important, too, that he stays grounded. And, you know, he's our leading scorer right now, which I am, you know, that's amazing to me. I, I wouldn't have thought in a million years. I expected him to come off the bench, you know, get five, six points, hit a couple threes, uh, but no, our leading scorer after four games. Yeah. I, he told me on November 5th, he was going to be our leading scorer. Right. I would call be crazy. Um, and to, to, to add to it, he was one of those players that like, I was so happy to have him, but I didn't know how they were going to use him. I didn't know how reliable of a stretch forward he was. And then, you know, you see him knock down a few shots in practice and then it's like, okay, he, he's showing spurts, but I just didn't know it was going to be at this, at this high clip, you know? So, I'm very 
very excited to see what um, this Thanksgiving tournament is going to be a good test for him, I think. And I think, too, Iowa recently has put out some really good prospects, but I forget the step above that Illinois high school basketball, Minnesota high school basketball, Wisconsin high school basketball. I mean, he was playing D1 players throughout high school and throughout, you know, AAU. So it's not like he was in a small town in Wisconsin just putting up crazy numbers. I mean, he was right. at, a, at a big Wisconsin school, Pewaukee, and playing really good teams. I mean, we've seen Tyrese Halliburton obviously come out of Wisconsin, Tyler Hero. So, you know, there's a lot of NBA players that come out of Wisconsin. And yeah. he certainly looks like he's going to be one of them. Yeah, no, I, I they're, the Midwest is definitely stepping it up. Um, yeah. I think, you know, Iowa is safe to, after being in the, at the prep level uh, during my internship, seeing a lot of that, the hoop scene there. I mean, it, it's very promising. And I think TJ is very excited about that. Um, just given that there means, that means a lot of opportunity to get a lot of local kids. And right. I think just as a whole, you know, the, the Midwest is, is an underrated hoop scene. I think a lot of people give the Californias, the Texas is the, the New York's of the world. Uh, they give those guys the benefit of the doubt. But um, don't sleep in the Midwest, man. We we got some dudes. And correct me if I'm wrong here, especially in Iowa, I feel like there's just a lot of good high school basketball coaches that coach team basketball and they coach system first offenses. They're not running ISO plays for a 17 year old. I don't care if he's Omaha Blue or just, you know, some random kid like uh, they're playing motion offense, flex offense like they're playing like team basketball. And I think a lot of AAU now is, you know, you get in an ISO, you have a little ball action top of the top of the key, and then you go get a bucket. Yeah. I, I think it helps a lot, especially when you're playing in these college systems, because it's not a lot of ISO ball in college either. So I think a lot of these guys grew up in system offense, and it helps when you get to that next level. You're an unselfish basketball player, and that's usually winning basketball in college. Yeah, and I think too, like you want to give credit to, you know, a lot of these guys are taking time to go to the right trainers. Yeah, and go and put in that right off-season work, and where you're getting meaningful reps in everything you're doing, and it's just showing, man. I mean, we look at just the five-one-five and the products that have come out in the recent years. I mean, it, it's it's really cool to see right outside of the metro area um, what is accessible to these kids, the facilities, um, some of the AAU programs are top tier, and you know, you're just you're just they're being led in the right direction. So once they're at this level, you know, they're, they're flourishing. And uh, right. I think, you know, these kids are just a, a prime example of them. Uh, we had five players finishing double digits. Final score is 92 to 37. Um, and like I said, Grambling uh, supposed to be a lot of basketball left to play this year, but Grambling was supposed to be the best team we had played thus far and just eviscerated them. So uh, I mean, just a really good 40 minutes of basketball from Iowa State. It was a complete 40 minutes. Another thing I want to talk about with Hassan Ward being out, we saw Caden Fish get some first half minutes um, just in like some of the doldrums of the first half. Do you think Caden Fish could be getting, you know, five, 10 minutes a game uh, through non-conference? Uh, yeah, I forgot. I honestly forgot about mentioning him when, when it comes to front court yeah. members stepping up, but he's probably going to be asked to be that eighth man. Right. Um, coming to just make that impact off the bench but yeah i think given just his his versatility of you being able to plug him in any anywhere um defensively i think he's going to be able to get a lot of opportunities come thanksgiving and coming forth with the rest of the, uh, the out of conference uh schedule and i think 
you know, he's shown spurts of just his effort is is really high level. And I think, you know, if you're not going to be that prolific scorer like Milan um, as a freshman, that's the least you could do, you know, and it's right. going to get you on the floor, especially in TJ's uh, system. So, yeah, I think we could see a lot of good things out of Caden. And it's never a good time to lose a starter, especially to injury. But uh, thankfully, a lot of front court depth on this team, I think it will allow Omaha, Caden Fish to kind of flourish a little more minutes. Um, they get more comfortable and then, you know, they're ready to go once their number is called in right. January and February. So, you know, I, I want Hassan Ward back as soon as he's fully healthy, but I'm excited to see some of these guys step up in his absence and, and see what they can do. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, looking forward, uh, we have the ESPN Invitational Tournament. This is Feast Week. Shout out to those who celebrate. This is kind of the first week where we're seeing... Like, you know, power six teams play each other, whether it's in Maui or, you know, Atlantis or there's just tournaments all across really the country um, this upcoming week over Thanksgiving. I would say headed to Orlando. And I want to say that this the uh, gym we're playing in was used during the NBA bubble. And if you were looking at shooting numbers during the NBA bubble, uh, some of those guys looked unhuman. I mean, they were shooting the lights out. He's getting worn like Michael Jordan. Yeah, LeBron <laughs> won the fakest ring of all time because those those we hoops weren't Mickey uh, we Mouse ring. But I I digress. A lot of I mean, just everybody was hot in the bubble, and I some of that I wonder if it was it was like basketball in a vacuum. Like those guys had nothing else to do other than hoop. So I, some of it might have been just dudes were dialed in by default. But I'm, I'm anxious to see if this will, you know, are we going to shoot 60% from three like some of those NBA teams were? Yeah. I mean, okay, I don't want to say yes into right. that question, but um, I think there's just going to be a lot of high-level basketball. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing with the bubble is, like, people constantly, you know, talk about how it's the fakest ring, you know. It is. It is. Let, let me he won it in like what October is when he won that ring. That's not, 11, even, yeah, not, yeah. not even basketball season. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a. I think it was a Monday. It's a good day. Gross. Gross. Anywho, uh, yeah, he. I, people talk about the the fakeness of you know that 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 run, but it had some of the best basketball. It and did. you throw in some, you know, situations like the Clippers where they played some of their worst basketball and people are going back podcast P is getting on his platform and saying, you know, it was the darkest 90 days of my life. I couldn't, 
I couldn't get it together. And it's like, so if guys are going through, you know, mental breakdowns and someone manages to win that championship, you know, I, how is that a Mickey Mouse ring? That seems pretty hard if you ask me. I mean, Jamal Murray and, and Donovan Mitchell both look like, like prime Kobe just playing against each other. Okay, but that's also a prime example of what Jamal what was to come in Jamal Murray's later years. Get yeah. that you that gave Jamal Murray a, a crowd and he turned into Steph Curry. It really so, is. It was like a catalyst. It was weird. I mean, you saw the Nuggets really start to pop off. You saw the Suns. I don't know how many yeah. how many games they won to even be like they were like they had to win out in order to even make the playoffs and they almost did. I think they did win out, but they lost a tiebreaker or some bullshit. Right. So, it, well, it was a crazy time in basketball. And here's the thing. This final four of the NBA teams from the previous season, 2023, it was a repeat of the bubble. So I don't think that was that much of a fluke. I really don't. I, I, I'm no genius, you know. I, I, I'm not a big numbers guy, but sure. I think that kind of debunks that that statement, you know. On top of Paul George going through a mental breakdown, I think that was a pretty tough time for uh, Hoopers, you know. So I think I think Iowa State will play well, given the fact that you know they've they've been on a great run. Uh, they've had a great four games and I, I think it's they're great confidence builders you know they're not it's not like we can go out there and say oh we beat a a, a tier one opponent but nonetheless right. I think that mojo in that in that type of arena is going to give I think them a, a good shooting uh shooting performance potentially and overall just I, I you, you love the vibes of Thanksgiving because you know everyone is more relaxed you could see it last year when we played Carolina right um it's a week where it's just ball, no school. Um, it, I know a lot of academic advisors are, are big on, you know, just everyone get the work done and out the way if you can. Um, so, you know, this week can be just, you know, I know they try to have some fun here and there, go out on the beach and enjoy enjoy the right. scenery of wherever they are. But I think with a, when, when you're in a situation where it can just be hoops, you tend to get some of your best basketball. And I think that's what Thanksgiving tournaments are for, whether it's the Maui tournament, whether it's Orlando or et cetera, et cetera. I think just wherever you are, you're going to get a high level of basketball, not just through Iowa State, but nationwide. And I think last year going into uh, PK, what was it, 90, 95? Yeah. Um, we, we had nothing to lose, so to speak. We were kind of an under-the-radar team still. Um, I still think we don't have anything to lose now. I think the difference is we have something to prove. I I think we look good, but it's been against, you know, kind of no offense to the four teams we've played, but bad competition. Now let's go play some real teams and see how we stack up. So I think it's a similar vibe, but I think the expectation of last year's team and this year's team are a little different. So I'm excited to see how that's going to translate when we play, you know, VCU, a Virginia Tech, a Boise State, FAU, A&M. We're going to play some of those teams, and I just I, I want to see how we stack up. So I I, I hope we get a and uh, not a excuse me FAU because yeah. I, you know this both. yeah you know this uh, from last year, but I was really not a fan of them. Everyone was kind of just happy that they were they're like the ugly girl at prom, and she's just happy to be there. And everyone's like, oh look at her, look at her go. And it's like, dude, what? No, we Kansas State should have been in the Final Four. I, I, I still can't get over that. Um, but I, I really want the whole top ten. They're they're a top ten program in the country. I I want to put that to bed before Christmas. So I think if Iowa State, if you can do that, do me this solid, please, because I can't stand FAU. 
Metrically speaking, might might have been ugly from the outside. Metrically speaking, they were a great team last year, and that was one of my my deep Ken Palm takes. The numbers that I put together, they were better than Purdue. So when they Purdue lost to the 16 seed, but had they met up, I think FAU probably would have beat Purdue anyways. So who, shout who, out to the numbers though, season wide. Like I think CUSA is what they're in, or they they might have they might be in the uh, the American now. They might have been a team that switched over, but th- I mean they're not playing great teams. Yeah, I mean we could probably go play at FAU right now, dude. Probably like I would compare it maybe a step above Missouri Valley is kind of how I would call their conference. Is conference. Missouri Valley not a D two school? I'm in football. They are. I, the, Missouri Valley is probably one of the best mid major, and the American and CUSA is kind of right on the line of mid-major slash major conference yeah so they're kind of in a weird middle ground but right yeah no i i i bring them on sure i i feel the same way i think we will be the best way yet way yet that's how i feel about fau bring them on where where are you pull up please i Uh, i I, wow I really think we A&M supposed to be good this year. I think FAU, A&M, and Iowa State are kind of the three top teams that are going to be at this tournament. FAU and A&M start on the other side of the bracket, so we'll have to get to the championship to play either one of them. So um, start with VCU. I do want to shout out a player, Zeb Jackson, started his college career at Michigan. He's their leading scorer and leading in assists. Um, kind of a score first, do it all on offense. For VCU, I will say VCU kind of a shaky start to the season. Lost to McNeese State in their in their season opener, beat Seattle University by four um, over the weekend. So they're not you know winning games by a bunch, and they've played some some tougher teams than we have. But I wouldn't call McNeese State or Seattle University powerhouses. So they've looked a little shaky. Um, they're a defense team before they're an offense team. And that's kind of how they've been since, you know, Shaka Smart was there. So probably again, the best defense will play so far, but I think our defense can really, I mean, do similar things to what we've seen to the first four games. Yeah. I think, uh, it's going to be a good test and like the strong guard play is going to be a great test for Taman. I think he's kind of been, you know, I don't know if this has been a message to him, but just the way his approach has been, it seems like he's been using these lower level competitions, just tune-ups it just to be fully locked and loaded and ready to go against that better competition. And I think, you know, uh, when you have a good point guard on the other end, I think, you know, Lipsy's probably over there licking his chops, you know, ready to go. Um, and just like you said, he, like, I think he's got a lot to prove individually because, yep. you know, he was, he was, it's impressive to be that freshman leading a lot of older guys on the floor as a, as a point guard. But now it's like, all right, what are you going to bring to the table? And I think right. this is going to be a great platform for Lipsy to showcase that. Um, and also, I'm, you know, he's probably going to have to exert a little more energy on the defensive side oh, yeah. throughout this whole tournament. So I want to see, you know, is that going to affect how aggressive he is on offense? Is he going to use some of that, you know, that 100% speed on defense a little more often? He's going to have the same juice on the other end. So, well, I think we'll it's gonna, about that. Jackson is going to, I think, have to defensively probably come in there and help yeah. with that some of that defensive load just because, you know, for numbers purposes, you know, that that's why he's there. If he's going to play that Caleb Grill role, be ready to come off that bench and be all guns blazing on offense and on defense, just be uh, an absolute hound. The other, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Cyclone fans will make the trip, but uh, first game, not in Hilton. Um, like you said, it is just a weird... And this 
probably looks more similar to Sukup than it will Hilton. Um, it's a field house. I, I think the ends of the gym are relatively close to the court. So just talk about like, how does that, uh, I mean, are you getting more shots up and shoot around? What, what is kind of the, does your, you know, practice going into it change at all? Does your uh, preparing, is that any different? You're saying, I, I, I need to know how the facility looks. So, I mean, like, so there's probably like movable bleachers that are going to be put behind right. the baseline. And then, I mean, it lo- it's wide, but it's not long, if that makes sense. Is the, how, I guess, how does the crowd look? Like, is it like Maui where it's, everything's kind of lit up? Because yeah. Like, and it, it's it like, a, like Maui's a, is like a field house. Right. And the roof at this one is, only, it's, it's not like glass, but you yeah. can see like sunlight coming through. It, it makes for weird televised, ba- and like, this place isn't built for basketball year round is kind right. of, and the same thing in the Bahamas, you play in like a ballroom. So yeah. all of these tournaments, they just kind of get played in nice cities, but weird venues. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the weird venue, uh, a lot, you don't want the whole, like a ballroom. You don't want that whole, uh, area lit up, uh, right. or it's just not naturally going to be lit up. But, um, I think whether just to co- for compensation of, most likely it's going to be a dark background. Uh, try to get as much shots as you can in Hilton. If I don't know when they're taking off exactly, but at least I hope today they're, they're, they're getting those shots up as, uh, as we're doing this on Monday. I hope they're getting those shots up and um, just getting used to that dark background because it, it's going to be a lot of arenas going forth. I know in the tournament, that's the reality is a, a lot of those arenas have just those darker shooting backgrounds. So right. it's going to be – you want to play on the big stage. That's what it's going to. Uh, that's what the reality of it is going to be. So, we've talked about some of the some of the teams that are going to be there between you know FAU, A and M, Virginia Tech, Boise State. Is there any of those teams? We we've already talked about FAU a little. Any of those teams that you really want to see us play? Um, see, the term "see us play" is is weird because like. If I could have an easy way to the championship, I would take right. it. Take it. But sure. um, I think if you don't, if it, if not FAU, I think in that championship, I don't. Who? So we play VCU. Yep. We will play the winner or lose. Yeah. If we win, we'll play the winner of Boise State Virginia Tech. Okay. So, yeah, it's looking like you're probably going to have an AM or FAU championship if you want to yep. make it that far. But, um, yeah, I think Virginia Tech, if if, if they make it to the second round, that'll be a good semifinal. That'll yep. be a good test because I know they have a lot of they have a decent front court. Um, and then on top of it, you know, A and M is just scrappy, and right. they got a lot of uh, they. I think they they play a lot similar to our style. You know, is Buzz Williams still there? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I mean, they probably saved his job if he would have lost. No, I I remember he was on the hot seat, but they did lose in the first round of the tournament last year. But I'm yeah, they were at, still the coach. They were in Des Moines. They lost. Yeah, to Penn they lost State. to Penn State. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I still like Buzz Williams. I think he's they're a well coached team, and I think yeah. they just play hard. And I think uh, a team that kind of plays similar to us in in spurts, you know, that right. could be a dogfight. So, given given if that's a ch- the, the championship, I mean, that's going to be a good one too. So, um, I think whether it's FAU or A and M, um, it's going to be a good championship. But the Virginia Tech potential semifinal is going to be interesting because they're also sneaky and they could they could probably 
if we do lose, I wouldn't be shocked if we lose to them. Yeah. A&M and Boise State probably play similar basketball to us, just have long athletes, play really good defense. Um, Virginia Tech and FAU, a little more prolific of an offense, although it's, it's so far Iowa State has had both. So um, a good variety of teams, they play different styles of basketball. I, I am not, you know, declaring that Iowa State's going to win this tournament, but I, I think we've played some really, really good basketball so far. So I'm excited to see what it brings. Um, a lot of good basketball this week, a great week. I know a lot of people have a couple days off at the end of the week. So sit down. I, I know there's football on, uh, there's going to be a lot of good basketball on too. So, um, a lot of good games, just a quick summary, Texas, uh, won a nail biter to Louisville. It was, I don't know. Louisville supposed to be really bad. They've looked bad already. Texas needed a buzzer beater from Max Abesmith to get past them. What, what does that tell you about Texas? Are you hitting a panic button yet? Or is this just a, a shaky game that they sneaked out of? I think going into the year, given how like how high profile of a transfer Max was, I think Texas, they were kind of just kind of relaxed, like, oh, we'll be back. Because I think you 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 don't realize Tyrese Hunter is only six one. Yeah, and those two together are not the biggest backcourt in the world. And Marcus Carr, like, I interviewed him last year, March Madness. He's a pretty big dude. Yeah, um, I I think he's around six three, uh, six four area. Um, he had but, some. I mean, he was built though too. Yeah, like, nonetheless, he's like, like a forward. Yeah. Again, pause. But yeah, um, <laughs> he he's he's they lack now backcourt size and right. i think people are going to just pick at them and tyrese is going to have to be you know more of that defender and maybe more in that marcus car role where he's going to have to take on the heavier load when it comes to those having to guard those bigger guards and i think you know louisville they've a lot of it i think is just up here now you know yeah a lot of people it's it's one thing when you know a lot of people start to say, oh, they're bad, they're bad, they're bad. But I think, you know, at some point, kids, you know, they start to believe it. And I think right. they're they're probably at this point where it's just like, we have nothing to lose. I think this whole year, Coach Payne's going to be on the hot seat. Um, so you might as well go out guns blazing. I think that's a great loss for them. And I think that if they keep their foot on the gas, I mean, they're going to be a genuine threat in the ACC. Because aside from, you know, Duke and Carolina, the ACC is wide open. Um, and I think – it's a team like that that is going to need like that conference tournament to to make a, a tournament bid if you really want to make a run. But nonetheless, to go on with to Texas, I think they just lack backcourt size. You know, I think they're if we catch us on a good day, I think we can take really good advantage of that. And I think Taman's finally going to figure out uh, Tyrese. I think he kind of already did last year at Hilton, right? Um, and just. We never really play well at Austin, so I, I don't really want to talk about that game. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Texas is back when it comes to hoops. I they I, they, I know y'all just got us in football, you know y- y'all can have that whatever. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, definitely raising some eyebrows that it took a, a heroic shot from uh, Max. And speaking to that, the the problem with the backcourt size, Tyrese was uh, Tyrese Hunter wasn't on the floor in the final minutes of that game. So I, I think at stretches they're not even going to be able to play those two together. So, yeah. you know, hate to see it. Even more so, you kind of love hate to see it. it. So, um, <laughs> feel bad for Texas. I I think they'll still be fine, but 
again, and, and two, if, if you are, you know, if, if you're the head coach, you're probably picking Max Abesmith over Tyrese Hunter, and you don't know what that does to to confidence to the locker room. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So yeah, something to keep an eye on. Um, another couple upsets. Mizzou lost to Jackson State, as we've said. That was in Columbia. That was kind of a shocker. I don't know what Mizzou was favored, but I would guess 15, 20 points in that one. Um, and they, they look like they've taken a step back. Kobe Brown um, has I, – I, I'm not sure if he, he might have been a second-round pick. He's on the yeah, Clippers right now. So um, that, that was a big loss for them. Kobe gave us buckets um, when we played Mizzou last year. So now, Last year, Mizzou, <laughs> they, they looked like the Warriors. They did not yeah, miss the three. Tough. It was insane. That what, big uh, 12 SEC challenge yeah, killed yeah. us. Yeah, one of their kids is on the Lakers practice squad, but he was 55. I forgot his name, but he was he was nice. Yeah, like they they were good last year. So yeah, they 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 lost a lot of guys, you know, and uh, they they play a close game in Minnesota too. That took uh, more last game heroics. So right, they're, Minnesota should be bad too. So they're they're the worst team in the Big Ten, hands down. Yeah. So. Uh, a lot of interesting basketball across the country so far. It's going to get a lot spicier this week. I'm excited for a lot of these matchups. A lot of it, if you look on ESPN, it says like to be determined, to be determined because it's so many tournaments. But a lot of good matchups, a lot of moving parts, a lot of tournaments. Iowa State kicks off on Thursday um, against VCU Thanksgiving Day. So you have the day off. Iowa State football doesn't play till Saturday. So Soak in some basketball this week. A uh, lot of good games out there. And as we soak in some some basketball, I got to ask you this. You know, there's going to be a lot of tournament MVPs this week. Who is your tournament MVP when it comes Ooh. to Thanksgiving food? Oh, on, on the plate. I didn't realize how controversial stuffing was until some talk in the newsroom. There's a lot of people in the newsroom that either have never had stuffing or don't like stuffing. And I, I don't understand what's not to like. I mean, it's just, it's bread and sp- spices. I honestly, I've never made stuffing. It tastes good, so I eat it. Stuffing's yeah, no, up there for me. It's Stuffing's not my favorite. It was something, like, as a kid, I never touched. Okay. But now, as the appearance taste of it, it doesn't look that appetizing, but it yeah, tastes Yeah, it's like mush. Yeah. But, you know, and I was more like, if it visually looks good, I'll eat it. Right. Um, but, you know... As I've gotten older, it's it's grown on me. Stuffing's okay. stu- I don't know if it's my top, I don't know if it's my MVP, but it's a six man. You know, sure. it's like it's in that corner of the plate. You'll dig at it. You when you need it, you go, hey, we need you. We need good yep. minutes out of you. Come yep. on. You know, and they'll and, deliver. They'll deliver. I'm yeah, telling they'll, you. They'll get a few stops. They'll yep. knock down a three, you know. Uh, but for me, you know, I the cliche is mac and cheese. The mac and cheese has to be top sure. tier especially coming from an African-American uh, sure. family. We we do not play about the mac and cheese. Uh, so if it isn't that, something else that has grown on me is yams. It's like sweet potatoes. Okay. And like with the marshmallow and like brown sugar. Oh, dude. Signed, sealed, delivered. They, that, that is a dark horse in March Madness right there. Yams. Okay. If, if you haven't tried them, tried them. Yam you know? time. Yeah. And then... But yeah, I think my MVP, it's got to be it's got to be the mac and cheese. Okay. You know, the day. Uh, baked, lightly brown on the top, uh, gooey in the center. I mean, just mm, wow. I'm gonna throw out some other. I think this is my big three: stuffing, mashed potatoes, and gravy, and green bean casserole. Oh. Nah. <laughs> oh. 
What's wow. that like? Where where did I lose you? At green bean casserole? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That watery mush. I ugh, That's the wow. go-to. That's the big three. Hate them or love them. I'm disappointed. I'm going top three. I'm going I'm going mac and cheese. I'm going yams. And then I'm going to go with a sleeper. Turkey with gravy, white meat. Ooh, okay. You know, people that's say it's a little dry, but that's there. what the gravy's for, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, got it. And also, like, the best Thanksgiving plate is where, like, everything is just one thing. Like, it's all yeah. mushed together. Like, there's no no clear space left on your plate, and it all right. just kind of starts to taste the same towards the yeah. end of it. So, no, no way to uh, go wrong. It's going to be – well, I, it's, it's sad. It's going to be my first Thanksgiving not at home, you know? That kind of yeah. sucks. But – Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can, me and me coworkers can get together and do something. So news never stops. I'm working all five days this week. So I, I hear you. You're an animal. You're an absolute animal. Someone's got to do it. All right. Uh, Nigel, any, any, uh, any shots at the end of this? Any, anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, I do want to give a, a quick – I want to keep the women's basketball in the loop as much as yep. we can uh, just because of the year and the star power that they have this year. Um, but it's the wild, wild west, dude. Everyone's losing. Yeah. Everyone's losing. Iowa lost a – dropped a big one to Kansas State uh, last week. And, you know, I. it just – it kind of – that 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 – Huge shock that the LSU Colorado loss, uh, the LSU Colorado game brought to a lot of the fans. Um, it's not as shocking anymore. Virginia Tech dropped one to Iowa. It's like all these teams are losing. UConn loses one early, so like all these teams you think are going to be in the Final Four are dropping one early. So I mean, it's it's going to show that any team is beaten uh, beatable on any given day. And uh, I like that 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 parody and that uh, brutality is not only so prevalent in the men's side of things but right. it's it's moving on to, it's like a virus it's moving on to the women's side now too so it's uh it's making for exciting basketball on both the men and women's side and you know any women's tournaments if you guys can watch them uh please do because it's it's going to be some high level basketball and you got some drama down there in baton rouge it looks like some some uh angel reese not not yeah. any tests on time or some drama with some mom drama down there. So yeah, mama drama. Uh, a lot of moving parts down there in Baton Rouge. Kim Mulkey gonna have to navigate some of that. And I think she is. I think just saying, hey, sit down. You're not playing. Yeah. And a, a lot right. of games that don't matter. I think it's more of sending a mental message that like this is right. not to be played around with. And she's hasn't played that well. Her first shot of the year yeah. was an air ball. Right. You know. So I think we gotta hit the reset button with her. And I think that's what we're doing right now. And if there's anybody in the country that I think can handle the egos that you know nil may have brought lsu um it's kim mulkey so i I, i'm confident that you know they'll be back on the train uh they'll get off the struggle bus they're already kind of doing that michaela williams freshman out of shreveport dude nasty the business nasty i mean has oh it's poetry in motion on the dude her her shot is so smooth um Excited to see what she's going to bring. Um, I'm excited to go to the, the Virginia Tech game uh, on the 30th. It's going to be a great uh, matchup in Baton Rouge. So uh, I feel like I'll get a better gauge once I see those uh, ladies in person. So, Well, happy Feast Week, everyone. Uh, we're excited for some Iowa State basketball, some better competition. Let's see how the Cyclones stack up in Orlando, and we'll be with you next week. Yes, sir. Happy Thanksgiving to uh, all of Cyclone Nation. Uh, we love you. We love you lots.